Hello, welcome to A Drink and a Natter. I'm Jackie, your juicy chef. And today I have a very special guest with me, my dear friend, Diana Gilvey, filmmaker extraordinaire, a beautiful travel writer. You know, this is Niam and Trod. It's about food, it's about travel. But today we're gonna to speak about food and travel through film. Yes. And you know, it's so wonderful to see a growing cadre of, of, of filmmakers, yes. female filmmakers. And Diana is one of those quiet ones. She doesn't like to be, as most creatives, she likes to be behind the scenes, not in front of camera. Or, you know, in today's case, you know, we're, we're listening. Yes. Our audience is listening. We're here in sunny Jamaica. It's, you know, a beautiful warm day. We've just had loads of rain. The birds are chirping. Somebody, you smell that, like somebody's cooking something somewhere. Um, mm. Some beautiful scents in the air. Um, yes. You know, it's just a beautiful, beautiful day for us to have this discussion yeah. today. And I just, you know, tell tell our, our audience a bit about yourself. She's a nomad like me, guys. She has some fascinating tales. Well, thank you so much for having me here in your beautiful garden. I'm loving being surrounded by nature and all the birds are chirping. So it's quite relaxing to be here and to talk to you today. Yes, yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um, born and raised here in Jamaica. I left when I was a young teenager. Went to New York. Um, I was there for over 30 years. And then one day I just upped and quit my job as a flight attendant and moved to Indonesia. And I think that's probably like where my adult life began. So I lived in Bali for four years and I call Bali my spiritual home. You know, I've never felt more at peace and at home than I was in Bali. And I, and then, you know, being Jamaican, Jamaica is a different vibe, right. you know, like Jamaica will always be home. Um, my ancestral home, my roots. Mm -hmm. But when I go to Bali, it's on a different level. I can imagine. So I was there for a few years and um, I was working mostly in food writing. That's where I really started to build up my food and travel writing resumes. Exactly. Working with, you know, the likes of CNN Travel, um, Salon, Guardian. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was quite lucky for someone who was, you know, just starting out really in her 30s. Yes. Um, with, with the bylines that I've gotten. No, definitely, because I actually read a few of your pieces before we actually met. Yeah. And for our audience out there, we actually met because of our writing. Right. You know, Diana, when I was writing for the Jamaica Observer, Diana actually reached out to me because mm. she did this amazing documentary on jerk cuisine mm. on the island. And at the time, it was around the time I was starting out with Meatless Monday in Jamaica. And you were like, Jackie, you know, who are the food people on the island? Yes. Um, I remember I did the jerk vegetables. Vegetables oh at the God. time. Everybody was doing meat. I'm like, right, mate, I'm doing some jerk vegetables you for you. Knocked it out of the park. It was jerk <laughs> veg. I'll never forget it. Jerk vegetables with goat cheese and honey. Oh my God. And that Appleton rum sauce. So <laughs> you got brave. to put the rum in it, right? <laughs> <laughs> it was so good. I'll yeah. never forget that dish. And I mean, even that day, like the chefs that were passing through, you know, where Gary's pig in a box, mm -hmm. um, another memorable meal. And, and Colin did um, his passion fruit cheesecake. Oh, that was, and that so was just fantastic. such, I'll, I'll, yeah, I was such an 
when you talk about food experiencing, yeah. I remember I was visiting from New York and I'm like, I need to shoot this documentary. You know, like you're on a journey right. and you're on this creative journey. You have to see it through. Yes. And those times I wasn't sleeping because I was just so engrossed right. in the creative process. Definitely. And then that day just stood out, just meeting some really lovely, lovely and people. And that's so important. Why, why I was so happy is like, you know, here you are, Jamaican, living abroad. You've come back full circle. Yeah. And what I liked was the fact that you sort us out you know sometimes we have foreigners who come to the island and it's like what they've read in tourism uh press etc mm. you wanted the real who people who jamaicans themselves go to yeah and you also want to showcase not just a stereotypical jerk shack you know and, and as you and i know there's so much more to jamaican cuisine than jerk yes we love our jerk jerk has become popular and as a matter of fact some of us get annoyed mm -hmm. by what is called a jerk overseas Hello. you know anybody just you know you know we talk about cultural appropriation mm -hmm. of our food again i have nothing against appreciation mm -hmm. once it's done in an authentic manner but you know you spoke about bali and we're here in Jamaica, two island cultures, right. two yes. very dissimilar, you know, there is a Hindu culture, mm -hmm. here is a Christian culture. Mm -hmm. um, you talk about that laid backness, um, that spiritualness, you know, some people come to Jamaica because of the Rasta faith and they yes. find a meditation yes. through our Rastafarian culture. Mm -hmm. So for like a novice who has not been to Bali, you know, in terms of the whole temple culture, yes. etc., you were telling me the other day about all these different festivities and stuff. So what can somebody expect who may be on a spiritual journey? Mm -hmm you know, and they want to nyam and trod their way throughout Bali, mm. where would you tell them to start, you know, just to kind of ease themselves into that culture? Yeah, definitely head straight to Ubud, okay. which is the, I call Ubud the heartbeat. It was like the cultural heartbeat of Bali. It's where, it's smack dab in the center of the island, mm -hmm. and it's where many, many, many of the temples are. Um, and a lot of, you know, new age yogis go there mm -hmm. for spirituality you know there's talk of like there's different vortexes running through okay. there you know so if you're on that level but also it's just super duper quiet okay. and they have a bunch of um uh vipassana mm -hmm. retreats where you know it's just no talking mm -hmm. you know no no writing no outward expression of any kind right and also that's where you see a lot of local activities where the Balinese go out five six times a day mm -hmm. and offer um, with offerings to their different gods okay. you know so there is where you see the culture like really intrinsically wound up in, in everyday life so even if you know you have someone who works at an office mm -hmm. they take a quick 10 minute break run out do their quick prayer with you know with their offerings to the gods and then you know they move on with the rest That's of their day yeah. and what i love about there as well is you know something that you really can't build a you really can't build a building more than four stories high because the gods need to come down from the heavens to oh, see. It's amazing. So, and you know, Jamaica used to be like that in Negril back in the day. The ordinance was, because you know, I came from a hospitality mm -hmm. background, that you couldn't build a building taller than a palm tree. Uh, so, okay, where that has more of a religious significance, yes. ours was more of like a, an environmental significance. Uh -huh. And speaking of environment, um, you know, climate, you know, as small nation states, etc. 
um, are the Balinesians very climate conscious and you know preserving their natural habitats the way we oh, now are playing catch up to kind of stop certain things? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you see banyan trees, hundreds of years old, sometimes even a half of a century of a year old, and those trees are revered. You can't have any construction around a banyan tree. Um, their waterways are our sacred space because, like I said, gods are intrinsically wound up in everything mm -hmm. that they do. So you have the water gods, the river gods, the sky gods, mm -hmm. the gods of the rice fields. Oh, wow, you know, so yeah. everything is it's built around their faith. Okay. You know, I mean, I've been in traffic and, and I've seen, you know, at the time I was driving, I look at Yaris mm -hmm. and traffic came to a standstill because a mother duck was crossing with her ducklings. Oh, I love that. And it, yes. I mean, even though it's a motorbike culture, the motorbikes didn't zip around them. Yes. Like everybody stopped. So the mother and the ducklings can get across the street. And that's, just, that was just beautiful to me. It was yes. such a moment of of wonder okay. that it just brought tears to my eyes. You know? And okay, we're segue from this peaceful moment. So you have a story about an erupting volcano. So that little excitement in your life, you know, tell us about, I mean, you know, we hear about volcano eruptions, Jamaica, yes, we know a lot of the Caribbean islands were built on volcanic yeah. rock, but outside of what happened, unfortunately, in Monster Rat, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. we, we, you know, so far we've been fortunate, mm -hmm. but, Tell us about that experience. I cannot believe. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I was in Jakarta at the time because when I first moved to Indonesia, I was in Jakarta for a year. Um, mm -hmm. And in order to get out of Jakarta, because Jakarta is like this big bustling, whoo, whole heap of traffic, whole heap of everything. So I would always schedule trips to go out. So I wanted to go mm -hmm. to Kintamani. And we booked a guide and it was like a journey because one of those trips you had to take a boat, two taxis and a wow. small plane. <laughs> Serious <laughs> you know, trekking. Like, yeah, because we wanted to get there. So we went and we had a guide um, and we're hiking up and yeah, everything is fine. It's beautiful. We're looking out. We're seeing turtles in the ocean because it's like we're really off the grid, you know? Yes. So come to find out now, um, we go to a little island named Enak Krakatau. And in Indonesian, it means child of Krakatau. Okay. So then I was like, wait, is this a Krakatau right about in primary school, yeah. right? <laughs> so, turns out, in the 1800s, there was like this huge eruption mm -hmm. of Mount Krakatau, and it, it split the island into two. Wow. And then, so, and that Krakatau was the island that came up out okay. of it. So, it, they said ashes went as far as Italy. Whoa. Right? It's like major. the winds carried it. So, all right, here we are. We're hiking up Krakatau, and then... I just feel the mountain do this. Oh my goodness. So I look at my, I look to my guide. I don't see him. Yeah. The man is booking down the hill and he's just going, no, 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 no. We ran after him because we were like, what is happening? And then we jumped in the boat and he's like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of uh, this mountain. Sometimes you don't know. <laughs> no and warning. Then, he just, no oh, warning. Yeah. He, just, he just left us. <laughs> I guess if we weren't as fast, I mean, he would have been paddled away with right. us. But that was like exhilarating. We're both lovers of Scandinavia. Me, Iceland, you, Finland. I mean, each, I think it's just a fascinating part of Europe. Yeah. And um, 
you know, a lot of people, when they think Scandinavia, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, all great countries. But I think Finland and Iceland have a bit of character to them. Greenland, even. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are unaware of the indigenous people of mm -hmm. Scandinavia. Mm -hmm. you know, they think of Canada and the Inuits and stuff. You right. know, um, Scandinavia has, you know, interest in indigenous people in Greenland, you know, which is owned by Denmark. Yes. But Finland is its own independent country. And mm -hmm. then there's Lapland, which mm -hmm. with the Sami people. And mm -hmm. I know you've encountered them. Yes. And you could tell us a bit about that experience. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I was on a press trip and I was out in Helsinki. So we did two nights in Helsinki and we did the city life. And let me tell you something, the Finns. Yes. I, I've never seen people that dress to the nines, you know, yes. like they're running to the supermarket and everybody had on like red lipstick mm -hmm. or they're just like, yeah, they're well very classy together. people. Very, I mean, the street style there. I think I, I did like a bunch of photographs, just photographing uh, yeah. people because they look so nice. Oh, and let's tell our audience too. So outside of her being a brilliant filmmaker and a brilliant food and travel writer, Dana is also an amazing uh, photographer. You know, what I loved about the sauna culture. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So in Lapland, that's where we discovered the sauna culture, mm -hmm. right? So like people, the Finns, you know, if you live in the city, every family has their own little sauna. Mm -hmm. And it's right by either a river or a lake or a pond. Mm -hmm. So you go in the sauna and, you know, you're, you're super hot. And then you jump into the ice cold water, mm -hmm. repeat, and you just do that. And then in the summertime, they'll have their... Um, barbecues out so there's sausages and there's cured salmon there's regular salmon I had so much salmon yeah the salmon there's the best so the Laplands <laughs> now that journey took us poof it it was like about an eight hour train ride from mm -hmm. Helsinki and we went way up into like the Arctic Circle, yeah, right? So you're so, bordering Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah there, right. Because yeah. it was Rovaniemi and Russia mm -hmm. was like literally like not like Miss Sarah but we could literally see right. Russia yes. <laughs> from where we were yes. in Rovaniemi. So um, the Lapland culture, I mean, the Sami people were just like really amazing. Mm -hmm. um, that's where I had a reindeer for the first yeah. time. And, you know, we went on a reindeer farm and we we're petting mm -hmm. them. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Rula, I'm going <laughs> to eat you later. <laughs> yeah. You know, so we had that and it was really simple. Um, mm -hmm. The meat wasn't so gamey. Mm -hmm. So it was um, that with lingonberries and mashed oh, potatoes. And that was just... Yes. Like like how we have oh I can't right. That's their national. Definitely, that's yeah. National it's such dish. a good. It's a good. Yeah. It's, it's oh I I just I, I love Scandinavia. You know that culture, even their how they design and so clean. clean. Yeah, the aesthetic is just yeah. amazing. Mm -hmm. I can imagine as a filmmaker, you know how inspired you were by those landscapes and yes. their use of you know that that barren arctic world yes. but how they blend into in, into nature and mm -hmm. how you feel it's kind of like when i was a safari in africa too you know when you're in those wide open spaces whether it's safari arid baobab trees or yes. ice glacial wonders of, of scandinavia you really it's humbling really to is. see be in nature like mm -hmm. that, that that silence of nature and just hear your thoughts so loudly that is like you said it's a meditation i think for those of us who are nomadic by nature it travel for me is like a medicine it really is you know and people are like oh jackie you always travel like you know give you a joke the other day this girl she was like in head-to-toe designer like dripping you know like you know you just see dollar signs all over mm. her and she was like, oh, I'm so jealous of your travels. So I said to her, you know, your entire outfit could plan an amazing trip. It's just, again, priorities. And yeah. I think a lot of us who travel, again, it doesn't have to be this expensive splurge. It yes. can be from budget to splurge. Mm -hmm. um, 
both of us are conscientious travels, you know, um, travelers. Before COVID and this whole thing about pivoting and mm. slow travel, you and I have a similar travel uh, lifestyle, whereas mm. we will go off the beaten track and we will meet local people, support local people. And it's very important, guys. Sorry for that noise in the background. It's the pool pump. <laughs> Right now, we should really take a dip after this. Oh, my <laughs> it's so humid, guys. Um, so forgive that little noise in the background. We're outside right now. We're in Jamaica on an island. You know, we didn't want to be cooped up. We're taking advantage of this the weather. The breeze blowing, is the so is nice right now. It's rainy season. So this is the first sunny day we've had in a while. Mm -hmm. So we're, instead of being in the studio, we're outside. We're taking advantage. So, you know, we... Diane and I are both believers in off the beaten path travel. We're mm. believers in slow travel. We're believers in getting to know the people. You know, a lot of people just do these whirlwind travels. And now more and more, a lot of us are into slow travel, going to a destination, actually staying for yes, a while yes. and, and really absorbing the culture. I mean, there's something to be said about the mini break too, because sometimes you need a mini break. Um, we recently went to the grill and mm. that was just fantastic. You know, mm. we did it high and low. You, that's the thing. You could mix it up posh to streets. Yeah. You know, we had our posh experience. We had our street experiences. And that's the beauty of travel. Mix it up. You could budget ahead. So, you know, for the novice traveler who would like to follow in our footsteps, so mm. to speak, what kind of, and as a travel writer too, mm. what are some of the shifts you've been writing about travel for over a decade now? Yeah. What are some of the shifts you're seeing in the travel space, even before COVID? Yeah. And of course now with COVID and you know, we're living with this pandemic, but what have you seen from back, you know, 10 years ago to mm. the present day? What have you seen you change? Know, it's, that's really interesting because gone are the days where you can just like, grab a stamp in a passport mm -hmm. and say i've been to this country yes you know before i would say that's like the most significant shift that i've seen where slow travel has come to the forefront mm -hmm. where you know with the rise of sharing economies so airbnb yes. so you're not really you know cooped up i call them on the compound yes all <laughs> right yeah you know or, or these hotels um couch surfing mm -hmm. um you know there the, there is the sharing economy has shifted travel. Yes, so you can, you know, rent a room in somebody's home or you can rent a home itself mm -hmm. inside a community where, you know, you'll see your neighbors walking by, getting their newspapers, yes. getting their bread, going to the market, and you feel a little bit more immersed. So you're not quite the other right. looking at it through a tour window, yes. right. right? As opposed to just like really immersing yourself mm -hmm. and there's something to be said also for immersing yourself because how long can you do that exactly. as well i like to call it you know just being an observer right you know yes. you, you come in seamlessly yes. and then you leave seamlessly yes. you take what you can from it definitely so i would say those would be the most like right. the shared economy is, is something that is that's really rocked travel um, and just really slowing down, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not just about, oh, well, I've been to Japan, boom, yeah, and then yeah. 24 hours later, you're gone. Did you really see, see Japan? Japan is, and I'm happy you said that because it's almost, I felt of late that 
people are just count. Oh, I've been to X amount of countries. They're counting countries. Yeah. Now I could have been to way more countries, but there are some countries I've liked to repeat. And there's yes. still, I still have my yes. list of what I want to do. Yes. But there's just some countries that mm -hmm. are just so fascinated and, and even by region, yes. within the same boundaries, say the same borders, you could get such a different vibe yeah. within these um, different countries. Mm -hmm. And so we're encouraging people now, you know, outside of our environmental issues, like for example, you said slow travel, let's talk transport. I'm a lover of train travel. Oh gosh. Yes. I love train travel. Yes. I love, you know, like seeing, you know, villages pass by mm. or stopping at stations for a bit, hopping off, mm -hmm. visiting a village or some random village for the day and hopping back on the train and and you know, and I and I think, you know, we should be encouraging more train travel. Yeah. Let's go back to the old school ways. I guess that's how some people probably feel about cruises and, and mm. just being out of sea for days before they see land again. But we're really encouraging and, you know, choose airlines that have you know, corporate social responsibility, Indeed. you know, where you could exchange, you know, like carbon emissions, etc. Mm -hmm. you know, have, you know, just, you know, or write to your airlines and and say, hey guys, what are you doing to, yes. to, to lower your emissions, etc. Mm -hmm. And there is that conscientiality yeah. happening. Was that a word? Conscientiality? Yeah. Oh, I don't even know if that's a word. Okay, guys, you know, well, sometimes, you know, even, even though we're writers, sometimes we'll we, make it up we have to make it up, kind of, you know, <laughs> exaggerate the, what we're, we're trying to perceive. And then, okay, so, you know, uh, you know, this discussion really is a trod type of discussion. Yeah. And as a filmmaker yourself too, you, you trod, you know, to different places, different locations, the the, the characters that you meet for your yes. shows. Um, so Diana has an amazing production company called Urban Sass. Yes. Uh, recently, some of you guys would have seen some of her new shows on air. Yes. Um, and um, I know you want to develop some more shows mm -hmm. with a Caribbean narrative. Again, you know, our stories, you know, this, this age of diversity and and black lives matter now we're you know people are coming up more aware that black is not a monolith Hello. it's not just black american it's caribbean it's south yeah. america it's african even those of us black in europe you know um you know those of us who have a dual cultures third culture kids like myself mm -hmm. born one place raise another place live in another place um you know and that's how the world is now it's no longer static but um sometimes you know you and i've discussed this we, you know, the, the black narrative is always very monolithic mm -hmm. and very, look at Africa, for example, there's 50 odd countries for crying out loud. Stop speaking about it like a country. Yes. And, but the Caribbean, I guess, because people look at us as island culture, but let's just take our island, Jamaica, how yeah. dynamic it is. Culture, the world knows Jamaica, whether good or bad. Yes. They know us yes. from our music, our food, what have you. But you know, sadly enough, we don't have much television shows coming out of of the island, and well, this is where you come in, that, right? Honey. You know, and do yes. some of these shows. So yeah. tell us some more about your project. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I'm really passionate about, like if you don't know me, you definitely should know that I'm really passionate about black women and their stories. Mm -hmm. You know, because me and you, solo mm -hmm. female travelers mm -hmm. who happen to be black, right? Right. That is something that people are still like looking at us in awe yeah you know i was telling i've told you the story where i was on a cruise from um hong kong to taipei mm -hmm. and i was the only black person on the mm -hmm. entire ship 
didn't speak any Cantonese, and I was adopted by this Chinese family, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it, it was awesome. Yes. So it's it, 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 it stories like that where you step out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and then bring it back locally where here we are here. Yes. I am a Jamaican woman right. who happens to be black, yes. who happens to love traveling yes. by herself, yes. and I want to find my kinfolk. Right. So a couple of the things that I've been working on is, is surrounding that and putting a lens in front of our stories. Mm-hmm. The Caribbean isn't just about... You know, Jamaica isn't yeah. just about dance hall right. and ganja exactly. and the beach. Exactly. I'm There's so, over so it. much more to us. Yeah. There's so much yeah, more to us. Exactly. And I want to show more of that. Exactly. So the, the thing that I'm really playing with now is mm-hmm. linking what we have here in Jamaica mm-hmm. to Africa. Yes. So, you know, we have ancestral strong roots in Ghana mm-hmm. and strong roots in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. So I want to put a lens in front of what are some of the cultural practices that have been reserved into our cultural DNA mm-hmm. here that when an African comes here, they say, oh my God, I'm home. Exactly. When we go there, we say, wow, we do the same thing in exactly. Jamaica. Exactly. I want to, I want to show that because right. I don't think that is something that is explored so much. We right. know it. Yeah, but definitely we need some more visual documentation yeah. of that. And that's the thing, like as a people, we're more oral mm-hmm. and we don't write anything right um we definitely don't put things down in pictures mm-hmm. and for the generations to come we have to build on our stories we definitely. have to keep building on that definitely. so we can stand proud mm-hmm. and say that this is us as a people it's, it's a drink and anatomy yes so ma'am. you know i've got for you your vodka so dad is a vodka lover so i've made up a drink <laughs> for her so i always do a pig vodka lemonade okay. thanks to our sponsors select brands who have provided some sicilian lemonade and absolute vodka for us today Yummy. i've got some homemade sorrel mm. as well as a bit of control so this drink is like literally made up pick some mint from my garden um and i've got a couple sorrel you know because the season we're in this time of year we've got sorrel but sorrel's available year round yeah. now so guys you can have this drink any time that you want so diana without further ado i'm gonna fix your drink oh my god you okay. can surprise me you're right. one of those only three person i trust to make a drink and it's like yeah if it's jackie make it it'll be fine yeah so basically i've got um a shot of vodka half a shot of controlled here with some mint i've had it here so the mint could infuse so i kind of bruised it a bit a little ice so I'm going to now top this up with some sorrel. Nice. So we're having our blush Jamaica lemonade, mm-hmm. but again, our style. So normally when you have a pink lemonade with vodka in it, it's usually some kind of berry, but we're in the Caribbean and our favorite red is sorrel. So I'm just gonna add a bit more ice. So this drink is, you know, is both tart, floral, and it's gonna be fizzy with the addition of our lemonade, so that nice citrus. Um, sorrel usually has some spices in there. Uh, when we make our sorrel, it has like um, pimento, clove, cinnamon. So again, you have that spice that's happening. So we're just gonna top up with a bit of fever tree lemonade for that fizz. Ooh. So, and it's nice and refreshing for a nice, hot, humid Jamaican afternoon. These are the sorrel sea pads, which we seep typically overnight to make this delicious red drink. Just gonna pop that in there. Girl, thank you so much thank you. for this drink and natter with me. 
I hope you like my made up thrown together. So she'll tell you, I'm always thrown together stuff. So cheers and thank thank you you for coming on the drink and a natter. And are you liking it? Is it good? I love this. Oh, Mm. wow. Yes. I have to name it after you. Yeah. (laughs) The Urban Sass Cocktail. Yes, so refreshing. I love this. You know, so thank you guys Mm. for listening to another episode of A Drink and a Chatter with and that chat chatter that okay. Okay. I've only had one sip already and I'm already (laughs) (laughs) I'm already so well thank you guys for joining us on a drink and a natter. And I hope you get creative with the drinks at your house. Remember Nyam Trod, we also have a home bar cocktail series and for each episode, you know, we're gonna have a delicious drink. And I hope you make them. Tag us if you make these drinks and let us know. All right, so thank you, Diana. All right, see you guys next time. Bye.